Okay, episode 37 of the Bomber Brothers podcast, the Casey Stengel episode. We've reached yet another retired number. Sean and Ryan with you here as we are in the, what will be the last episode before we get to, what, preview the regular season, I think. Next week we'll uh, come on right before the regular season starts, and that'll be like Christmas Eve. Sean, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm happy to get through this week, and... Um... And as we march towards opening day, I think we're nine days away now, so we're in single digits, and uh, we've made it. Yeah, and we well, first got to get through this week, and there is some news to help us do that. The Yankees do uh, the obvious move, which is to go get some rotation depth, potential rotation depth, in Gio Gonzalez. They sign him to a minor league deal, one that he can opt out from in approximately one month, so it's definitely a, a unique deal, but um, so... You know, just instant reaction right away. You, you see the tweet from Heyman that they're close to a deal, and then it just seems like seconds later the uh, details come out. So what did you think of uh, the Gio Gonzalez signing? Well, if they had signed him earlier, that would be a lot better because now he has to get ready in, what, nine days from opening day and figure we could skip the five starters one time through so you can go with one of the kids as your fourth starter. Um, but then after that, you're going to need a, you're going to need a fifth. So I'm, I'm not sure if he'll be ready. I wish they did this earlier and maybe kicked in a couple more million dollars for him. Um, I mean, if you think about it, all the guys that have signed late really struggled last year, especially the pitchers. So, um, while I'm happy they finally did pull the trigger on something, it's just, it's too late. Yeah. You're not sure if this, uh, is something that really won't, he won't settle in until Sever- Severino and CC are back, and then you don't really need him as much. And um, and you're right. Uh, every pitcher that was signed late last year, with, with exception, I'd say, to Jake Arrieta, he did he did well um, early on in the season. So I mean, that is the outlier. But he's also uh, at the t- you know at this time a better pitcher than Geo. But still, I, I, you know. Despite his trends, he hasn't been trending in the right direction over the last couple of years, but you still look at his overall workload, and he puts in a lot of innings. He can give you a lot of starts, which is something the Yankees will, will need because the other option is, you know, Luis Sessa, Domingo Herman, Jonathan Loisega. Those are, those are guys that aren't going to get you deep into games, and then before you know it, you're wearing out your bullpen early in the season, and that could come back to bite you when you get to September and October, so... I think he could potentially still help the team. Uh, I, I, again, over the last five years, I think he's exactly league average in terms of ERA plus, and uh, I, you know I, I still consider league average to be better than Luis Sessa. I know he's having a great spring, but I, I've it's seen dominating. <laughs> I, I know he's having a great spring, but I've seen enough of Sessa at the major league level to to know that I'd rather have a league average pitcher who has been an established league average pitcher for the last five or six years. Yeah, it's a nice security blanket to have. It's interesting what happens when he hits that opt-out, what he'll choose to do, especially if uh, Severino is on track to rejoin the rotation. But, um, I mean, you know, we've been saying for a while that that's the one thing we were surprised they didn't do was add some more insurance for this rotation because um, Loisega has not been good. in spring training and Sess has been the best out of the three young starters and the one that we also have the least confidence in just given his track record. So um, it's really surprising to see um, 
to see Sessa as as the lead horse for a rotation spot. But having Gio does make me feel a little more comfortable. It's just, it's just another option. And, and if you pile up enough options, one of them you're more likely to hit on. And I mean, I, I, I like Gio. He, you know, he's he's had success before. He seems like, you know, he 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 he, he seems like he's the kind of guy that can handle New York. Um, he pitched well, you know, in the postseason. Um, so we'll see what uh, we'll see what he can bring. It, it was also a small sample size, but he pitched great down the stretch last year when the Brewers oh, got yeah. him. He mm-hmm. looked he looked really good then. I, obviously, that could just be you know getting to a new scene and a new uh, jolt of adrenaline and a new atmosphere and a playoff chase helped him there. Maybe coming to the Yankees for a World Series contending team can help in that regard. But again, there's probably some rust that's got to be. Uh, shaken off. We'll, we'll see how long that takes. Here we are only nine days away from opening day. So mm-hmm. again, like you said, it would have been nice to get the, have gotten this done earlier and offer a little more money to get it done. I guess they're just realizing with uh, CC and, and Severino both starting the season on the injured list that they had to make a move like this, which, which was the right move. I, I still think it's scary that a guy like Gio Gonzalez only gets a minor league deal. Yeah. And, and the other thing that bothers me about his late start, too, is, is usually, you know, command is something that is more of a, a you know, the, the feel comes along throughout the spring. And he's a guy that's always struggled with his command. He he does tend to walk a lot of batters. So that's that's something that really worries me is that he might not be very effective until he has that opt out or until Severino's back, in which case he does become possibly a redundancy. Yeah, his walk to strikeout percentage was the worst last year since 2008. And uh, even before then, he had a little bit of problems walking people. And uh, another disturbing trend is his ground ball percentage has steadily dropped since 2015. And with it, his fly ball percentage has gone the opposite direction and increased every year since 2015. So, Not good for Yankee not Stadium. Good, yeah, not good for Yankee Stadium. Um, hopefully he can limit the hard contact. And again, not something that jumps off page at you Gio Gonzalez but still given what the Yankees need right now and who the other options would be I'm I'm happy with it yeah no I I am too I just you know like I said I just wish it was done earlier so he had some more time to get his his feet under him but he's a professional we'll see how long it takes him to get ready I assume he's been throwing and um you know comes in hopefully in in shape to at least maybe go like three innings in his first spring training start whenever that will be um, what, what do you think, what would you be your guess they would do if, um, CC and, and Severino rejoined the rotation and he's pitching well, do you think they'd go to a six man? What, what, what do you think the options would be there? I don't know. I mean, they could, they could go to a six man and, and that would be the perfect way, honestly, I think to ease Severino back in. Cause I mean, after this injury scare mixed in with what happened in the second half of last season, I think that would be best-case scenario if you're able to do that. Obviously, you want Severino on the mound. He's your best pitcher. But, you know, you, you have you have someone like Severino who battled some fatigue down the stretch last year, now has an, an injured shoulder. You have James Paxson, who, while his injuries have always seemed kind of fluky, he does have an injury past. CC coming off, you know, serious operation that, you know, put his life at risk. Those and him are, and Tanaka both pitch better with more rest. So. Yeah, yep, we've seen Tanaka and how great he does on six, seven days rest. So, I mean, that would obvi- that would be great. if <laughs> That would be a great yeah. problem to have if the if Seve and CC come back and Gio Gonzalez is pitching to a two-and-a-half ERA. 
And so I would ride with a six-man rotation until he starts to, you know, maybe come back down to those league average numbers. Yeah, even even like you said, even if it buys you, let's say, a month or two of going to a six-man with saving a couple miles on everybody's arm, the Yankees' offense and bullpen is good enough where, you know, if you don't have Severino every five days, you have him every six, and the same thing with, with, with Paxton. Um, you could probably weather that, and you probably come out ahead in the long run because – late in the season, those guys will still be fresh because they weren't taxed so early. So I think it's, um, you know, it, it might not be the best option for, you know, one out of every six days. But in, in the long run, I think it saves you some some mileage. And plus, it's just extra insurance. If one guy goes down, you don't have to call up Luis Sessa or Domingo Herman. You, you just, you go you go to a regular five-man rotation until the guy's ready to come back. Well, as far as I know, I thought Luis Sessa's out of options. So I don't know what the plan is for him, but I, I hope that doesn't get in the way of them getting Gio Gonzalez some innings in, instead of Sessa. I, well, I if they want to hang on to happen. Louis Sessa, I mean, ugh. Well, you know that this, this uh, spring training performance is, is going to, you know, bring up some kind of situation like that where Sessa is probably going to go back to the way he was against major league hitters in the regular season and they'll point to that spring training performance and say we know what he's capable of we we know we like uh we like him as our as our fifth starter i hope that's not what happens but just all i can say is geo get get ready fast as fast as you can (laughs) (laughs) but don't get hurt obviously no we can't have that all right well speaking speaking of getting hurt we go from what I can, what we both consider to be some good news to the the bad news is yet another cortisone shot for Aaron Hicks. He's going to miss the first series of the season. You hope this doesn't turn into a, oh he's also going to miss the next season against Detroit. Oh he's you know what we're going to keep him out for the first two weeks. You you hope that doesn't happen. But again, it's it's a back issue and those are tricky, especially with uh, when it comes to athletes who swing a bat for a living and use all that torque in their back so looks like the opening day center fielder is probably going to be brett gardner and the Yankees. well jacoby ellsbury arrived um <laughs> yeah he he also <laughs> he also said he expects to play he just has no idea when and and i all i can say to him is neither do we we have we have no idea either. well actually we I, I feel like i do have a good idea when he's going to play that's going to be never yeah that's that's probably what i'm what I'm leaning towards is, is never. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was upsetting to hear he'd miss opening day. I thought we kind of knew he'd be a long shot for it anyway. I'd rather have him take his time and, and get his back right. And hopefully this isn't a recurring issue if they treat it properly. Um, but I mean, two cortisone shots in the span of two weeks, that's, that's kind of concerning. Yeah, that's, that's not good. It's not what you want to hear. Um, again, yeah, like you said, hopefully the, they just play it as safe as possible, and even if they have to keep them out for a little longer to make sure it's it doesn't come back or it doesn't flare up if they try to bring him back too soon. And hopefully Hicks is uh, cooperative with that and doesn't try to get back too fast. Uh, he just got his nice extension, so you know don't don't push things. Come back when you're fully healthy. Don't need him to come back and then two games later it acts up again, and then all of a sudden he's out for a month. That would be. That would be worst case scenario, and I think uh, I think the spring training lineup for today, as we record on a Tuesday, although the game's probably going to get rained out from what we're hearing about the weather in Florida, it uh, the lineup had Gardner in center, 
Frazier in left, Stanton DHing, and I think Bird at Bird at first. And that that could look something like like the opening day lineup, although I would imagine that it would be Stanton in left and Voigt DHing and having Bird at first. I you know, he's a slightly better defender than Voigt. Neither of them are, are all that great at defense, but I feel like that is what the opening day lineup is looking like now that Hicks is definitely not gonna be in it. Yeah, I was actually looking while we were talking, and this will be Stanton's fourth game at DH this spring training compared to eight he's played in left field, which I was I didn't know he played that many left field already this spring. He's, he's logged 40 innings out there this spring already. Um, yeah, we wouldn't so, know because it's never on TV. But Yeah, well, they are today, but he's, and he's DHing. So, I mean, I would assume that you're, you're starting your opening day lineup has Stanton in left, Gardner in center, Bird at first and and Boyd at DH like you just said, um, which you know the the way that Voigt and Bird hit that's not a terrible option. It's just you'd rather have Hicks out there and and you know it is what it is and uh, I mean we'll see. But the, the you know the thing that's concerning is more of like the long term outlook of this because not only is Hicks now you know it's usually the oblique with him. I don't recall him having back issues in the past. It was oblique and hamstring. Yeah, oblique and yeah. So now it's his back is something else we have to worry about long term. So you just you hope it's not something that that recurs. I mean, I think for for an opening weekend series against the Orioles, um, you could do a lot worse than throwing out, you know, Tanaka, Paxton and um, and uh, and Hap and then having, uh, you know, a lineup that features Judge Stanton and uh you know, Torres, Sanchez, Andujar, who, by the way, I believe has not made an error yet this spring. Just, you know, on a happy note. Yeah, knock knock on knock on wood. I don't have any around here. Oh, there's a Let chair me, over there. Six, but. 61 innings, 21 total chances, 16 assists, no errors. So, all right. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's great news. Hey, if, uh, again, I don't, I don't have too much optimism in terms of his uh, – defensive improvements i think historically people who struggle that badly at third base wind up in the outfield or uh, at first base like guys like gary sheffield ryan braun and and the like but um but hey I, I hope i hope it works out and i mean he he mashed a home run off a hanging curveball the other day that i was that i was watching so that was good to see so yeah go miggy yeah, he's having a uh, he's having a good spring, and so is uh, you know the Yankees sneakily they have Giovanni Urshela in the system, and I mean he wasn't terrible with the Indians. He's not a bad option over there. You know, who else, you know who else has been playing well? Tyler Wade. He uh, yeah. slashed another double yesterday, so I mean, I, I would assume he's going to be on on the roster for infield depth or even maybe play some outfield. Yeah, that's um, well. I mean, now that we've talked about that, you want to take a guess at what the roster is because. Next week we'll know. So yeah, well, give bef- me before your... we uh, before we get there, what about Clint Frazier? He's starting in left field today, and you know he's he's been an interesting case because he, you know, fans really wanted to see him last year. They saw what a firecracker he could be on the bases and in the field in uh, 2016, and then or 2017, excuse me, and then last year it seems like the Red Seas parting for him with the outfield injuries, and then he gets hurt and he can't. You know, mm-hmm. he's a sideline for uh, concussion purposes. And now you have the Hicks injury, and you would think maybe that opens the door for, for Frazier to get some playing time. But, he's you know, he's not having a great spring. So I, before we list the entire our opening day guesses, do, do you see Frazier being a part of yours? I 
think he probably won't because I, I was thinking he would get an outfield spot, but by opening up the DH role to move Stanton off it, that's another outfielder you have, and I think they'd rather carry Bird and Voigt than put Frazier, who had you know another bad spring after last season. Um, let him go to the minors and get his feet under him because uh, I mean, you know, confidence is such a big part of the game. You don't want to bring a guy up who just you know had an awful spring, slugging 270 with an on-base of 250 Yikes. this spring. Sounds like and, my slugging percentage. Well, no, you get better <laughs> than that. You don't get to second base very often because you're so slow. Exactly. But if, you had a, if you had a couple of wheels on, you probably could have had a couple of triples in the mix. Um, so, yeah, I just – I don't – I don't think it'd be responsible for them to bring him with the team. I just don't think he's earned it. I think it, it it sends a bad message that they're rewarding, you know, if it's a, it's a veteran like DJ LeMahieu that has a track record. Okay. But to bring up a rookie that is clearly an emotional guy, which is not a bad thing, but I think it would negatively affect him going up to going up to, um, to the Bronx with the rest of the squad. Yeah, I think I think you hear that. Whoa! He, what? I'm sorry. Breaking news: Angels and star center fielder Mike Trout are finally finalizing a historic 12-year deal worth more than 430 million dollars. Wow. I'm sorry. I just got that alert uh, from. No, Bleach I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm reaching it. I'm reading it now. First reaction: He deserves even more, but good for him. You know. Yeah, well, I guess now uh, they better lock up Judge because we Trout's not coming. Yeah. Oh man, that's a monster. Good for him. Yeah, good, I just, good I, for I just him. wish he didn't play out on the West Coast because really, I don't get to watch him as much as I would like. I know. I. I bought MLB.tv this season because I've been getting home from work around 10.30 every night, and p- part of the reason was I want to watch more of my trout. So uh, apparently I'll be able to do that for a long time now on the West Coast. And um, and you know what? Good, because this eliminates any um, excuse of like, oh, we're waiting on Mike Trout. We're, you know, we're... We, uh, we're going to be fully operational Death Star in a couple in a couple of years. You know, now it's go out and get somebody because we heard that leading into this offseason and then no Machado or Harper. Then we heard, oh, maybe that's because they're waiting on Arenado and then he gets signed. And, oh, well, we've got Trout waiting in the wings in a couple of years. And you know what? Now you don't anymore. So now when it comes July or it comes next off season and there's someone out there just go get them and enough of this like looking forward to free agent classes that is really just all smoke and mirrors apparently yep man that's a that's a bombshell to have in the middle of in the middle of recording we haven't had that before i i know it was quite interesting anyway what the hell were we talking about uh clint clint frazier and the okay the opening day lineup so um all right who uh, who's in uh, your opening day line? Well, first of all, we could, just just for the sake of time, we can eliminate guys like Judge, um, Sanchez, Torres, Andujar. You know the obvious ones. And then in the rotation, we don't have mm-hmm. to mention guys like um, Tanaka Paxton or Hap. Exactly. Yeah. So um, aside well, from those, 
let's not even go with the bullpen because, I mean, the only thing we would debate is what? I mean, I think Canely at this point is a lock. Yeah, I think he's a. Uh, hopefully, Batances' velocity comes back soon. <laughs> yeah, the only thing is if like they they fake a Batances injury to get him more work, and then I guess Tarpley off of the end would probably be your option. I, I would I would pick Tarpley. Yeah. So then you have Chapman, Tarpley, Odovino, Canely, uh, Green, probably Batances, Britton, and. Um, Holder, those are your eight, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Tanaka, Paxton, Hap. Who gets the last two spots? Sessa's one of them. Mm. I, I say that. I say that with um, with a sense of dread. But Sessa's going to be on in the rotation. It personally, it's what I think. Well, I mean, what about Herman? It's definitely not going to be Loisaga. It, it's going to be oh, Sessa. No, okay. It's going to be Sessa or Herman. But I still think they go with Sessa. I like Herman's stuff. He has such a nice curveball. It's so uh, it's so pitching ninja worthy. That yeah. Those... Well, that's the thing. He generates so many swings and misses. And I mean, he's pitched really well this spring. He's got what a one five four two starts. Needs needs a third pitch. Yeah, a lot a lot like Severino. But Obviously, this with the a thing, little it... less natural talent, but. If they call up Herman, they can send him back down right when CC comes back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they would do that rather than burn Sessa just for, for two starts and then lose him. Mm-hmm. Because you need depth at AAA, and Sessa seems like the kind of guy that you would you would want. But uh, he's pitched so well. It's it's Honestly, I don't like him, but it's hard to, to not give him a spot. No, so. no, I, yeah, I, he's... He's earned he's earned a spot based on his spring training numbers. Just based on his major league track record is why I'm not excited about him earning a spot. I guess that's the best way I can say it. Yeah, I guess I'm a little ignorant in this. And it's like, do they have the track man data coming in through spring training where we can tell if he's noticeably changed anything? Is he getting more tilt on his pitches, more rotation on his fastball? Or? I don't. I don't know. I I just wrote I a story about like that. I just wrote a story about Britain and wanted to look into that stuff and just wasn't sure where. It would be. I mean, I would assume they have it. If if, if they're going to have that stuff in the Atlantic League this year, they're they're going to have it at spring training. <laughs> yeah, but, are you um, excited to get to cover all that? I am. Yeah, I, I was talking to my uh, bosses, and I was seeing if we could work out like where I just spend a day, like watching like how all this data gets collected and and um, and recorded and stuff like that. And I would love to get the perspective of the pitchers because, you know they're going to be pitching with a mound further away from home plate. And these are guys that are, you know, making minimal money to try to achieve a dream to get, you know, back or for the first time into affiliated ball. And I can't see that helping their, their numbers and their perform their, you know, their baseline performance, like the numbers on the back of a baseball card. I would imagine pitching on a mound further away from home plate is going to affect them. Right. But with the track man data, at least, the teams will be able to like look at their spin rate and stuff like that, and maybe uncover some hidden gems that yeah. that they wouldn't have before. Uh, I mean, I, I obviously agree with you though. The mental part is going to be tough. So, but anyway, I don't I didn't mean to get off topic. Um, so let's settle on Sessa, and then do you think Geo is ready for the first time they need a fifth starter? No, I don't think so. I, I think they'll wait one one turn through the rotation. I mean, they, we're less than two weeks away from opening day. You you figure he he'll get at the most. What two? Um, I mean, are they 
I, I guess he'll get two outings in spring. No, yeah. maybe only one. It, it's going to be tough. I know Probably, they said yeah. he, I know they said he's going to join the team this week, but I, I guess Herman. Yep, that's uh, that. That sounds about right. Um, and then hopefully the second time through. And that uh, that takes care of the pitching. I don't even think we have to touch catcher. It's Sanchez and Romine. Yep. Uh, I don't think we have to touch first base now because Void. Uh, well, yeah, that's the thing. The infield now you have Andujar. Yep. Tulowitzki because he's been promised a spot. And Torres as you're starting third Can't to break second. A promise. <laughs> nope. And then you have Lemayhew there as the backup second baseman and uh, third baseman. And then you have Voigt and Bird splitting first base in DH. So that's your six infielders. Yep. Good. And then outfield Gardner, Judge, Stanton. And then I think they wind up taking Wade over um Frazier totally agree I think yep Wade's Wade's gonna be the guy as of now all right well that was a way less uh debatable as I thought that's I think I think that's the I think that's who's uh in pinstripes on opening day that sounds yeah it sounds pretty good to me and that opening day is just nine days away so is there anything uh anything else going on that we need to touch on other than this trout bombshell I mean that that was um that's that's big for for baseball, I think. That uh, yeah, keeping him out there is it's. While I, I don't like it because I don't get to watch him that often, it's it's good to generate more interest out there on the West Coast because there's a lot of good. You know, the Angels are actually an interesting team. Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I still I still think they're a third place team this year. Yeah, uh, that's a tough division. But. I mean, the Astros. Astros are far and away the favorites and I, I still think the A's can finish uh above the Angels. Yeah. But still, I, I, Trout and Otani, that's 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 a very, very fun duo to watch and looks like that'll be a duo to watch out there for for years to come. Yeah. Um I mean I don't think there's anything else Yankee wise going on. We talked about center field, we talked about Geo and Geo dude and we talked about uh the, the projections for opening day. So by the time we record, we'll ha- know if we're right or not. Um, and I guess that's that's about it. And hopefully Gio gets ready in a hurry. Um, I was listening to the, the Ringers Rewatchables podcast, and they actually did a Rewatchables on a couple sporting events. One of them was the 2014 NFC Championship game, the, um, the game where Sherman said, you know, don't – Try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, which was a classic oh, yeah. football game. I'm but the they best also, corner in the game. <laughs> <laughs> they also did game six of the 2011 World Series, the David Freeze walk-off, oh, which yeah. is one of my favorite games um, of all time. I was wondering, what are a couple of your top non-Yankee baseball games that you've watched um, and, and enjoyed? I mean, this could uh, be recency bias, but I look back to um, – Three, I look back to a game in each of the last three World Series. You had Game 4 of the la- last year's World Series. I remember staying up with, with Kyle until 3.30. Oh, that was Game 3, sorry, because the series was top. Wait, was that? Yeah, yeah, it was Game 3 because the Dodgers yeah, were, they were down, down 2-0. 2-0. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the walk-off by Muncie in the 18th inning. Eovaldi just was – that was in- insane what he did. Um, that I had so much fun watching that game, fighting a lot of fatigue, but um, – 
the the funny part about that was is that I was watching it at home here in Connecticut, and I was coming down there for the weekend. And I was like, oh, like, I can't wait any longer. Like, I don't want to be too tired when I drive. And so I have it on the radio. And by the time I get there, the game's still going on. And, you know, <laughs> what do you know? I still had, I still was able to watch the game for an extra two hours by the time I got uh, to mom's where I was staying. But, um, yeah, so that that's on there. Game 5 2017 was just so much fun. Home runs all mm-hmm. over the place. Um, and, then, and then Game 7 2016, that was that was also just incredible to watch just you know history being made with the cubs the pandemonium from the rajai davis home run was insane um so i would uh yeah i think i would those those are the three that jump out at me just right away because of um you know again part partially some recency and then i i guess the last one i'll i'll name before you can give a couple would be game 7 in 2014 with a uh, bumgarner coming in and uh, closing that out with the leadoff. Oh my! Why am I blanking on his name? The leadoff triple <laughs> by um, who the hell was it? Uh, the leadoff triple. I, I, I thought there were two outs because I thought I'm pretty. Oh sure yeah, oh yeah, two the outs. two out, the two but, out triple uh, where he could have, where you know people thought that he should have went for home, but clearly yeah. he would have been out if he did. Um, Gordon, blind. right? It was uh, Alex Gordon. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. But anyway, um, so so what are some for yours? Uh, I would actually take the 2011 Game 6. I actually remember watching that with uh, Kyle at, at Mom's. Um, that was pretty classic. Uh, another game, uh, just because of like when you think about the, the direction the franchises go in, after that game would be uh, Game 7 of the NLCS with the Mets and the Cardinals. The, you have the crazy catch um, by uh, what's-his-face? Um I don't even remember the guy's name. He makes the crazy catch and then double on the uh, roll-in almost home run. I can't and, remember and, either. Ah, shoot. Anyway, he makes the crazy catch on the roll-in home run, doubles him off, and then um, Yachty hits one in the ninth, and then Beltron comes up with the bases loaded, came over to the Mets with the you know, Senor Octubre uh, reputation and, and strikes out on you know the, the nastiest curveball I think we've ever seen in a pressure situation. That, <laughs> that would be one of my top – top games i mean and then the cardinals go on to win you know two more world series you know that world series and then another one five years later uh and the mets kind of tank after that uh with the collapses in 07 and 08 that's uh that that game i had a ton of fun watching and then i would also put um game five of the world series of 2017 up there the 18 inning game didn't hold my interest so much because there weren't a lot of like momentum changes i felt like in terms of scoring um Game five of the 2017 World Series was a hell of a lot of fun, though. And then, actually, probably above all those, I should put game seven, uh, Cubs-Indians. That Davis home run, I watched like, yeah. at least once a month. That was sick. <laughs> that was sick. Was it Was it Andy Chavez who made the catch? Yes, yes. <laughs> all right. Yeah, in front of that sign that said, like, the strength to be there or something like that. It was yeah, pretty yeah. pretty sick. But yeah, Still that was, not as uh, cool as O'Neal making the catch in front of the Wiz sign, though. That was... Oh nope. no! Wait, in front of yeah. Judge with Judge making the catch in front of the Greatness Awaits sign for yeah. PlayStation. That uh, that was pretty. He made two up against that. I mean, one was obviously the home run robbery, which was sick. But then the other one where he crashed into the wall at that game we were at. Uh, oh yeah, game three. Game three. Um, which you know, which was a good time. So yeah, those those are some good non-Yankee games for sure. There'll be plenty of those to watch in just nine days. We have opening day 
uh, coming up. I, do we even have to do what we're looking forward to next week? Well, I guess technically we're going to re- we, – so we are going to record before opening day, right? Yeah, well, let's record next Tuesday um, before opening day so we can give our official uh, predictions for how the season will fare out once we have the roster in order and a little more clarity. Yeah, all right. So then what are you looking forward to in the next seven days um, in terms of, I don't know, I I guess I'll pick seeing Gio Gonzalez pitch because yeah, if, I'd, if that yeah. happens. I'd like to see where Gio's at and um, I guess I'm looking forward to hearing the, the finalized roster and um, I'm hoping and looking forward to Bird being on it because I think he's went through a lot and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, Happy to see that he had a big spring, and hopefully he carries that into the regular season. I was definitely going to wear the Judge jersey that my wife got me for opening day, but you know what? If Bird's in the opening day lineup, she also got me a Bird jersey for my 30th birthday. Nice. Um, this was after the 2017 playoffs where he was just unconscious, so oh, yeah. uh, we, th- we thought he was going to be a hell of a player. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, Although I did wear it to like three games last year, and I think he homered in all of them, I, I, uh, so we'll see. All right, well, there you go, and uh, that's it for us. So we we talked about, broke some news here on the podcast, Mike Trout, an angel for the next 12 years, almost as big of a signing as Gio Gonzalez. <laughs> so, uh, all right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week for one more podcast where we don't have regular season baseball to talk about. So we'll see everyone then. <laughs>